Hello, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 116, and today we're going to talk about joy to the world. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your host, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Welcome back, Katie and Casey. Hello. (laughs) It's good to be here. (laughs) All right, so today we're going to continue our series on walking through Katie's EP. EP, is that the right word? I was going to say CD, but that's... I mean, I guess that's not as accurate anymore. I mean, she has CDs. That's true. If you're local and you want one, she <laughs> has them. There you go. There you go. Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> and we are going to talk today about Joy to the World, probably one of the most sung Christmas songs. Would you yeah, say? probably yeah. so. Yeah. Um, so let's have a listen. No, mm. not yet. Okay, sorry. I'm going to give you a little bit of history. <laughs> I forgot. You forgot about my history. In two weeks since we recorded, I forgot the order. <laughs> Thanksgiving. She's still in a turkey coma. I am. Cranberry sauce coma. <laughs> Okay, so Joy to the World was written as a poem, like a lot of the songs we've talked about were, um, by Isaac Watts in 1719. Y'all, that's a long time ago. Um, It was based on Psalm 98. And really, more than looking at Jesus' incarnation, it looks forward to the second coming. Um, And Watts' lyrical goal as another author, I don't know who said this about it, but I love what he said. He said that Watts' lyrical goal was to wed emotional subjectivity and doctrinal objectivity, Hmm. which I just think is beautiful. We've talked about several times in this series about how um, your doctrine and your theology in worship music is so very important. But then there's that also um, that emotional piece that it's okay to appeal to that. Mm -hmm. God gave us emotions and he gave us feelings. And that can be a really, really beautiful thing. So we see this in Joy to the World. It's rich with theology, but then it also really appeals to to your emotions. So I thought before we listen to the song, I wanted to read Psalm 98, which is what the song is based on. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise to the before the king, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and all who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to ju- judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people with equity. Now, let's listen to Joy to the World. <laughs> sing, and heaven and nature sing, 
So I, I think before we discuss start discussing the theology, I guess this is theology too, but we're, we're taking kind of a shift here. Like the first three songs we talked to were really about like the birth and about kind of leading up to this. And now, like Casey said, now we're kind of looking after the birth and like what does that mean for us and how do we look past that? How do we keep moving um, with that? So if you're going along with our biblical theology series as well, we're kind of walking through creation, fall, um, redemption and restoration and so now we're kind of shifting from um, pre-Jesus and his birth to now into that redemption and looking forward to restoration that piece. already but not yet yes piece, that exactly. in between the exactly. exact place where we are in history right so Katie what was your favorite part musically about this song Yes, so this may not make sense to a whole lot of people, but the flat seven. <laughs> yeah, no idea. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> um, so when I was um, trying to figure out how I wanted the arrangements for all these songs, um, this one I feel like I'm most proud of because I feel like it was like one of the ones that I totally from scratch, it was kind of more of like what I exactly what I wanted. Um, and so in the turnarounds or the instrumentals, there's a flat seven, which I didn't even know that's what it was when I was playing it. I was just like, oh, man, this is awesome. So I went in the studio and showed the guys. I'm like, well, can, can we play it this way? And they're like, oh, a flat seven? Yeah, that's awesome. And <laughs> like, yeah, flat seven. And then like we use it in a couple of other songs. So like, I totally knew what yeah, that was. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so apparently I really like that chord because it's also used elsewhere. But, um, no, I just love the instrumentals in that song. Um, Trey Gillespie did the guitar parts on that, and he did phenomenal. And it's just like. I just love it. I feel like I found my 
style almost yeah. yeah so maybe that's what it is about this ep of course this christmas song but i <laughs> i do i feel like you're kind of falling into your like groove and your mm-hmm. style and it's just like so sincere and genuine mm-hmm. and you and oh, it's so good mm-hmm. my favorite part of this song though is at the end where yes. we have all the voices singing mm-hmm. aaron's on it taylor's on it bruce all of Katie's kids, <laughs> one of my kids, Jonathan. So my dad, so he's on it. Dad. I <laughs> love that. So funny. I love that. <laughs> Every time the girls are like, I hear myself. I'm like, no, you don't. I know. <laughs> oh, no, I do. There's one part so where funny. I'm like, that was one of your girls. I can't really? remember it. Yes. <laughs> Just because of the way it was sung. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, that's so something. funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like, it makes Just it like her so, <laughs> but it makes it so just authentic and real. I like, you know, it. I I know. I love when y'all stand behind us in church with the girls when the girls oh are yeah. in there because they just sing so loud. Oh, they and really I just do. Love it. It makes my heart melt. I, <laughs> I even remember when Jonathan was on stage one time and the girls were sitting beside me and mm-hmm. he like looked over and just smiled because they were just singing so loud. I just love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so now moving on to the theology. All right, so the first verse says, or verse? Is this the verse? Or is this the core? I never know what these things are called. Okay. It says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. The earth, r- let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Okay, so this part. Um, kind of comes from Revelation 5.13 that says, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. So you think of heaven and nature, like just everybody singing this beautiful chorus. And um, I just love that picture. And I love how, and we talked about it before, but we think about how we'll be, forever singing and praising with mm-hmm. all of heaven and that's just that's fun to think about well, i think it's interesting too right like if you contrast this with what actually happened when jesus was born like the r- they did not receive him as king right oh that's so they true they did not so true prepare room for him he was mm-hmm. born in in you know in a manger in an oh, inn wow. and yeah. so this kind of contrast between hey this is how it should be is that we should all be praising and this is what it's going to be like in glory but that's not what happened when he came he came you know he was despised he suffered on our behalf and he was born like we said in a manger and so these lyrics are pointing to us hey this is what it should have been and it wasn't but you know what it will be and it's kind of that tension right the already and the not yet the the this is what it should be but it's not in fulfillment yet katie what about you is there anything about this verse that stands out um, yeah, so I was looking at the O Holy Night lyrics, or I was just thinking of the O Holy Night lyrics when we sing Joy to the World, the Lord has come, because like, um, the verse one of O Holy Night says, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, and then it's just like, joy to the world, the Lord has come. I just, I mean, I know they're mi- not meant to be married, but I feel like it just kind of marries these two songs, and it just kind of a response almost. Yeah. The world is. I love that. I love thinking about having joy even when you're weary and tired and like we are this mm-hmm. year, but still finding that joy because our true joy f- comes from Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I love that reminder. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, moving on to the next verse. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat <laughs> the sounding joy. So you can't not sing this one. <laughs> no. It just no. weird to read it. It does. Yes. Like, repeat, well, okay, repeat. singing <laughs> fields, floods, rocks, hills, plains. That is so <laughs> It's like a tongue, <laughs> so tongue twister. To yeah, yeah. That's funny. I've never thought about mm-hmm. that. It's interesting, right? How they kind of how it they list it like that: fields, floods, rocks, hills, and plains. Like Hmm. you can't be like, oh, well, what about the plains? Like they've like listed (laughs) all things. I think that's kind of the point. I mean, I don't know. I can't ask Isaac Watts, but it feels like that. That's almost the point, right? I'm saying like, hey, every part of creation is going to be redeemed Mm, and restored to perfection, and every everything is going to cry out in praise and Mm -hmm. enjoy. And it made me think of Romans eight. Casey, I know you love that. You love your Romans 8. Oh, I sure do. Um, and I'm going to read from <laughs> Romans 8, verse 19 through 25. It says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and to obtain the freedom of glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in parts in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons and the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is not hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Ah, so good. I know, right? And so it goes good. perfectly with this song. And it I think does. often, at least personally, like I don't really think about creation. Um, like when I think about heaven, I like think about like us and our new bodies and stuff like that. But this is reminding us like all of God's creation mm-hmm. is going to be made perfect. Um, and we were talking, I was, we read through um, the Jesus Storybook Bible with the girls during Advent. And so we were reading last night and we were talking about how um, – you know, the fall and all of that. And then we were talking about heaven and, and Harper's like, oh, so it's going to be like Eden again. Mm, and I was like, yes, yes. like flowers yes, and fruit picture, mm. right? Big garden. Yes. <laughs> a big garden. Casey's like, yes. <laughs> we, were ta- we were talking about that last night too. <laughs> yeah. And, it, but it's just this beautiful picture that we're not the only creation that's eagerly waiting. And mm. I don't think about that often, you know? That's so true. It's so true. And how appropriate for Advent is this verse because or this passage because it's talking about that that waiting and that mm-hmm. groaning exactly like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're supposed to be sitting in during Advent, remembering mm-hmm. um, what it's like to wait for that. They were waiting then in those 400 years like Aaron's talked about. And now we're waiting again mm-hmm. for the return of our Savior. And that's what this song is about. So, yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful reminder. And, and the, the talk about hope, right? I think hope is such a beautiful picture during advent mm. our hope in our in our waiting is not that our waiting will end our hope is not that our circumstances will change our hope is not in receiving a certain gift at christmas our hope is in a person and our mm. hope is yeah. in jesus yeah and so just that reminder of that we, we hope we don't hope for what we see but we hope for we do not what we do not see and right. we wait for it mm-hmm. with patience mm-hmm. patience is one of the first words after integrity I think that I I made my girls repeat back to me the definition and and I always had them say like having a happy heart while I wait Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's kind of this picture of hope and 
while you wait is this this having this joy that we're talking about in the song because we're we know that what we're waiting for is good and in the waiting God is doing something good mm-hmm. the good isn't just on the other side mm-hmm. of the waiting right you know, right but it's good now yes mm-hmm. yes and so yeah. just that that tying together of patience and hope and joy um, is just really I think defining what Advent is mm-hmm. yeah. for sure So the last verse, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Truth and grace. I love this, that even 300 years ago, of course, it's it's biblical. It's in the Bible. Mm. But I feel like that's something we've been focused on so much like this past year, especially just in all of our readings through Matthew and um, even through James and and um, how we've talked so much about that tension mm-hmm. of living and um telling people the truth, living that truth, but also doing it with grace. And Mm -hmm. just the reminder that this is embodied in Jesus Mm -hmm. and we can look to him for that perfect picture of of truth and grace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Y'all have anything about this specific verse? So what do y'all think it means when it says, so it says he rules the world with truth and grace, but then it says he makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. What, What do you think that means he makes the nations prove? So I was looking that up, and I found an article on Desiring God, and um, I'll just read what it says. It says, what does prove mean? He makes the nations prove his glories and wonders, and to prove something is to test it and see if it is reliable, as in proving ground. So the king will not be ignored. He will compel attention. All men will approve him. They will judge him to be reliable or not. Sooner or later, all the nations will face his grace and righteousness either with faith and joy or with rejection and misery. So really, it's just kind of like what we're doing with our lives. We are proving through our lives and our testimony that Jesus is true mm-hmm. and he he rules the world truth and grace and he is who he says he is and I think it's just us yeah. proving yeah yeah <laughs> and and when you read that again I for the second time I was thinking about what we talked about with the very first verse like in glory and like in the future and like there will be a day mm-hmm. that everybody even if they've rejected mm-hmm. Jesus now like they will see that truth mm-hmm. and they will see that he is it, he is real and what mm-hmm. you know what we have proclaimed as true really is the truth so it yeah. makes me think I've always wondered that because there's another s- hymn that I often sing to the girls um, it's from Shane and Shane. That is not originally from Shane and Shane, but that's the only version I know. It says, "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." <laughs> ever Shane to did not write. <laughs> that. I know they didn't write that. That's the one I listened to. And then it says, um, "Ever to prove him more and more." And I was like, "How am I proving him? Like that doesn't make sense. He proves himself." But that definition really helps a lot. I actually wrote a blog for Hope Mommies on that specific hymn, mm-hmm. um, and the history behind that hymn is just really, it's, it's a sad story, but it's a really sweet story, so I encourage you to go look that up, mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful hymn. Mm-hmm. I like that you brought that one up. I think the f- a final kind of just like action point with this song is to kind of like, like we're saying, right, like we're to prove him with our lives. And so maybe just kind of stop and think, or if you're going through this series with a friend, maybe discuss like, what does it look like for you in this season of Advent to do that? And, and often the answer is to be filled with joy, right? Like this song is telling us joy to the world. Like, are we proving Jesus through our joy and not a fake plastered, like everything's great. I'm totally fine. But like it, that our hope is in him. We've talked about hope. We've talked about patience. We've talked about 
joy? Are these things that are evident in your life, um, not just on your social media, but in your like actual everyday life? And, and through those things, are you bringing glory to God instead of yourself? And it's kind of a, a just a, a place we can kind of stop and discuss. Yeah, I think that's a great action point. I was listening to our friend's new podcast, Mallory Brown from um, Pro Athletes Outreach has a new podcast and they were talking about that this morning actually on the one I was listening to she was interviewing Sarah Hasselback and she said that what drew her to Christ was seeing how believers were acted so different like they Mm -hmm. loved her with a genuine love they showed um this joy that Mm -hmm. was different and they just they lived their lives so differently and God used that to draw her to him Mm -hmm. and I that was just such an encouragement to me and so like um that just reminded me that how we live how we talk to people our actions and our lives they just they need to portray Jesus Mm -hmm. to people and um that that matters Mm -hmm. and so that was just hugely encouraging to me um and also um like convicting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um so I like that you're bringing that up because that's the second time today that I've been thinking about that like just living my life with joy it's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. good so yeah. come back next week. week it'll be our last one go tell it on the mountain my favorite one.